Need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. We laugh, we cry, we dig deep, we shoot the shit, we feel our feels, and we highlight the real. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is... I got you, boo. Hello, hello. Hi. What's going on? Ooh, a- I'm so excited. It was a high E. It was a high E pitched high E. Yeah. No, it came, it came from the diaphragm. It came from the diaphragm. Let's just mm. like, uh, Malin, go ahead and insert a cannonball splash real quick. And we can just get on into it. <laughs> I'm nervous. Right out the gates. Cannonball splash. All right. Yes. yes. AMQ, tell us who we have this week, Boo Crew. Okay. I am literally so excited when when this human answered our DM. I was very stoked. We have Jesse Jean here. And the reason why this is a V big deal is because it's no secret, Boo Crew, that I very candidly share about my personal journey with binge eating and my journey to food freedom and my eating disorder recovery. And Jesse has been literally a light, a sense of a sense of uh, value for sure. But like, I, I get so much joy out of watching the way that she educates and she's a food freedom coach. And it's really cute because she talks about this and it, she's got this like self-proclaimed big cis energy, but like, you'll get it. If you don't follow her, like you'll understand. And I am such a tough love person. I love that shit. That's the way that I deliver. So I love I love that. And I think that that's what's made me gravitate to her slash you. I'm looking at her on the Zoom screen as I'm introducing her. So this is very complicated. (laughs) So so, I'm just excited. I'm so literally so honored. I, you know, thought to myself when I sent that DM, I was like, you know, like this is exactly why Becca and I started this podcast is to be able to create a platform to give the humans that we admire, like we only dreamed of this possibility, obviously. So to give the humans that we admire our platform and an opportunity to get to know our community mm-hmm. is, is so amazing and beyond words. So mm-hmm. we're super, super, super excited to have you here. And I, I just want to personally thank you for all that you've done to help me along my journey without even knowing it. Mm, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I love your energy right off the bat, just full send. Full send. Yeah. We always say send it. So that makes sense. We are, we are a couple of big booty girls that we embrace it. And we're just like, you know, there's nothing half-assed about us. We will forever go full ass. Full Full ass. ass. Full ass is all I want today. (laughs) It was so funny when she first DM'd you and as she messaged me, voice noted me and goes, so I did a thing and I was like, okay, this could Mm. literally go anywhere. Um, I could be talking about literally anything. Yeah. And she goes, I went polar bear dunking in the lake yeah yeah okay cool (laughs) but she was like so I messaged and we were we had made like a list of dream board guests Mm. guests before we started this pod and you were definitely up there Mm. and um AMQ was like I just went for it we'll see and then she messaged me again and goes wait a minute (laughs) yes yes I think she wants to so this is gonna be so fun 
So totally. we like so we like we like to kick it off with some. I don't call them icebreakers because as a teacher, we ju- I just cringe at the call calling them that. So we're just gonna call it a rapid fire round, which never ends up being rapid fire. Random, All right, let's do it. Super random questions. Okay. Okay. Would you rather be constantly sweaty or constantly sticky? Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think I'd have to go with sweaty. I just, I wouldn't want like the things that sticky would, you know, like that would just attract more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> sticky and then you sit on something and it gets stuck to you. So I, I think the sweaty you just slide off of everything. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that one. I think you, you could be more absorbent. If you were constantly sweaty. I feel like if I was constantly sweaty, that might also be good for my skin. Like, I don't know, moisture. I don't know. Hydration. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Pineapples on pizza, yes or no? Oh my, no. And if you like that, whoever likes that, there's something wrong with you and you need to get it checked out. Like, no, no. I used to like pineapples on pizza before I was a vegan. (laughs) I gotta go. But we gotta end it. (laughs) But but that's been six years now. And you can't, I've told Becca this, I've tried to explain, like, you can't have- can't explain it. The whole reason why pineapple, well, pineapples on pizza are only good when it's like bacon. And you Mm. can't do that as a vegan. So it's like, it would just be like pineapples and tomato sauce and like fake cheese. It just doesn't work. Yeah, no. It never really worked- on like a non-vegan pizza, it was kind of like weird then. You need to you need to go to therapy. Super weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's my diagnosis. I'll add that to the list. Oh my God. This week. Like, so. <laughs> I have something else I need to unpack real quick. Um, okay. Do you have any weird phobias? Mm. Like, you know, outside the norm. Oh, weird phobias. You know, none are coming to mind. No, yeah, no, nothing's coming to mind that I can think of. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Not scared of too much. Love that for you. I can't stand big ships, specifically. Okay. (laughs) Big ships and whales. I do have a lot of anxiety, but I don't know if I call that a phobia. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes my anxiety will kick off for like random things. And I'm like, okay, why are you anxious right now? Like stop being anxious. But yeah, phobias, I don't don't think so. Okay, great. Very relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Is cereal a soup? A soup? Cereal? No, no, No. it's not a soup. My husband is Asian and he's very into soup. And I know a lot about soup that I never (laughs) like thought I would know about soup. And no, soup is not, cereal is not soup. Okay. What is invisible that you wish people could see? Mm, Oh, you know, I wish people could see each other's energy because it's so real. uh, And a lot of people don't understand Mm. it. And if we could all see each other's energy, I think uh, we'd be more compassionate towards one another. Oh, good one. You're really good at this. Um, Yeah. Oh, I forgot to say when I introduced her because I was too excited and emotional that also the... That she is. She also has a podcast of her own called the Dear Body Podcast. Hello, <laughs> and gets very important to say that. That's mm. why she's so good at this, guys. That's why she's so good at it. <laughs> but also, a, a little piggyback off that question about energy or your answer about energy. Yeah. If your energy, like if your aura, right, 
was a color, mm. what would it be? You know, ha, ah, this, I recently, some of my friends were talking about energies being in different colors and what each color meant. And I haven't explored mm-hmm. all of that. So I don't remember. And I know there's like, you know, certain people, certain people's auras are different colors and there's certain people that can actually see. I have a friend who is so tuned into energy. So cool. Oh my gosh. He's so amazing. He can literally see people's energy and he can see their auras and he sees it in colors. And he's told me a lot about this, but I don't have that gift. Um, uh, but what was the question? Like, what would my color be? Like, if your aura was a color, ah. what would it be? If you want the right, you want, you're like, I want to be right about this. You don't need to answer. No, no, no. I, you know, I don't, I feel like I go in different, I would have so many different colors. Like, you know, sometimes it would be, um, sometimes it'd be very dark. Sometimes it would be, um, when I'm like feeling super anxious or whatever. And sometimes I think my, uh, uh, it's, it's definitely bright people, people say have a lot of energy. And so I don't know. I think maybe, maybe yellow. I don't know. I do have the rundown. I Googled it. I've never Googled something so fast in my life. Okay. Tell us. (laughs) So you went with yellow because that was what you gravitated to first. That's cheerful. um, Given attention, warm, optimistic, fresh energy. Okay. I feel that. In tune with your inner child. Uh, Okay. Okay. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. AMQ, what would yours be? Red. C. Thank you so much for asking. But (laughs) she hates when I do that typically. So I can't tell if she's being sarcastic. I love. (laughs) I mean, no, this one's okay. Okay. There's story time attached to it. We know how much I love story time. So I love red. You actually can't see. Well, now you can. So my... My, like everything, I love red. I basically live in red and leopard print. Those are my two things. Like if leopard print was a color, because it is in my mind. But red is my color. I love it. But red also, unfortunately, is the root of like a lot of anxiety. Red mm. isn't necessarily a positive color. It is here. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't say my, is it? I yeah. don't know. Is it's it? not a bad what one. I was going to say red for you. Like passionate. Mm immediacy so like immediate like well you're like you like impulsive (laughs) (laughs) i got some red energy Uh yeah (laughs) yeah a hunger for more aggressive (laughs) definitely aggressive but i always know that i'm aggressive the first one people are like passive aggressive no not this girl (laughs) straight up aggressive not passive at all (laughs) yeah no there's no passive there's just none of that but the reason I say it is because I worked on sales for a decade and we had, um, we worked in these like red cubicles. And I remember we had somebody come in and like redo our space. <laughs> this designer like had a conniption. She was like, the feng shui in this is all wrong. Like everything is red. Everyone's going to be so stressed out. Like you must have such stressed out people in your environment. And I'm thinking like, oh, this explains so much. I've been surrounded <laughs> Wait, by red. Do you call it, do you guys really call it? In Canada, feng shui, not feng shui. Am I saying it wrong my whole life? Feng feng, feng shui. What did did I just say? Feng shui. (laughs) (laughs) One vote for feng. Feng shui. (laughs) Feng feng shui. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to cause I say feng feng shui, but maybe it's feng shui. No, I I don't know now. Now I'm confused. I think it's feng shui. Feng shui. I don't know. I don't know. Something. Somewhere in the middle. You know what? Go Fine. for it. I'm red. I guess you're purple. 
and we can, what's purple? T- tell us about purple. See, I was going to gravitate more towards like an orangey yellow. If I was going to say, if my aura, like the energy. But sure. I don't think I'm royal at all or mysterious at all. So I'm going to go. Is that what purple is? Yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. Oh. So, all right, great. <laughs> you don't think you have a regal energy about you, Beth? Not even in the slightest. I like to pretend sometimes I'm British, but like, <laughs> no, can't relate. Um, okay, that's all. Thank you so much for playing. Okay, bye. <laughs> Game show energy. Yeah, okay. Runs on to the, like, it's like Price is Right. Like, runs down, runs back up. <laughs> yes. Now we're going to switch gears. Uh, now we're going to switch gears. So, like I mentioned, you do great work. I just love it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> and it's so immense, like so immensely obvious that you love what you do and you're passionate about what you do. But tell us, tell the Boo Crew, what led you to pursuing this field? Mm. Um, yeah, there were so many, so many different factors at play. Um, I don't know if I've shared this on, uh, I probably share this once or twice on my podcast, but I, uh, originally was going into sports broadcast and that was my, that was the thing I was super excited about. And, um, I wanted to be a, um, a broadcaster for an MLB team. And I was working for the Colorado Rockies as their in-game host. So not broadcast on television, but the girl on the jumbotron in between innings that was giving out, you know, prizes and doing games. And I really, really loved that. And I was, uh, I had an internship at a news station and I was getting connected with, at the time, the current, uh, sideline reporter for the Rockies. And she was kind of mentoring me and, uh, they travel a lot and they're always the, the, uh, broadcast team goes with the, uh, with the baseball team. They travel to different cities and in baseball, there's like 160 some games a season and they might be home for a week or two weeks at most. And then they're on the road and it's just constant. And at the time I was deep in my struggles with, uh, disordered eating and body image insecurity. And I thought there's no way that I'm going to be able to maintain my diet regimen and my workout regimen if I'm traveling all the time. And so that's why I pivoted out of that. That was something I was very, very excited and very passionate about doing. And, um, I, I pivoted out of that because I knew that I couldn't maintain, uh, what I was doing. And so, uh, that took me on a journey of, you know, going into, uh, my eating disorder also led me into becoming a personal trainer. Cause I thought, well, if I can just dedicate my life to, uh, working out, I can work out all the time and nobody's going to judge me because it's my career. So yeah, I went into that and then, um, you know, just continued to get deeper in the rabbit hole with disordered eating and eventually exhausted myself. That's when I, you know, reached a lot of different breaking points and came out on the other side finally, but it was a 10 year journey finally came out on the other side. And I, I looked back and I thought, man, this was, um, this was a journey. This, this could have lasted my entire life. If I didn't figure, figure out the way, if I didn't understand what I now understood. And I started to feel at first, I felt this call on my life many years before I started doing this. Um, but nothing in me wanted to go back into what felt like such a dark world of disordered eating and body image struggles. Cause I had made my way out of it. I wanted nothing to do with it. And I continued to feel this call. And I think it was from, I think it was from God. I just felt this, this thing that I was supposed to do this. It felt like a moral obligation 
motivation. Um, because I, I, I tried so many different things. I went to therapy, I went to overeaters anonymous. And while, uh, therapy was therapeutic, it, it wasn't the thing that helped me stop binge and emotional overeating. And I continued to just feel pushed into this. And eventually it, the call became so, um, so heavy on my heart that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I decided that the, the women who are still struggling, uh, deserved this message. And so I really did it for my former self, the one who was looking for answers and couldn't find it and had to go on this 10 year journey to find it herself. And I felt like I had a lot of different, uh, tools and, uh, techniques that supported me in my journey. And I wanted to be able to give back. And a lot of what I do is pretty unconventional. I draw from a lot of different uh, disciplines and different healing modalities. So it's, uh, it's an approach that I haven't found, you know, out there in, in other places, because it does, pull from a lot of different, um, yeah, a lot of different disciplines. And so I felt this moral obligation to do it. And I did when I started, uh, which will be four years, uh, in June of 2022, the program will have been running for four years. When I started, I, um, I had no idea if the tools and the healing modalities and the things that helped me were going to help others. I had no idea. And I was really scared, but I, I decided, you know what, if it helps one person, that'll be enough. And then I'll go do something else. If it helps one person, the former Jesse, uh, somebody who can relate to my story, then, you know, then awesome. I'll feel like I have completed that, that call. Um, and, the course that I built four years ago is still going strong. Same modules, same lessons, same everything. You know, it's it's still going strong and it's helped to over, I think we're at 1300 women at this point who have gotten to personally support, which is wow. so, uh, so incredible. But that's kind of, yeah, what led me into it. Talk about So powerful. I don't know if you know, you probably don't know this. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't know this, but you definitely did share that part of your life on one of your, I don't know which one, one well, of I'm, your episodes. You know, I do have to preface with whenever I say, I don't think I've ever shared this. And this is one of actually one of my biggest insecurities is my memory. I have a really, like, it's such an insecurity of mine. And it's something that I've been concerned about for many, many years that I, uh, was it last year? See, I can't remember last year, the year before I did all of this, um, testing. I went and had like all this testing done on my brain and they did like, they did all these different tests on me to determine if something was wrong with my brain. And, um, I spent, um, a number of hours with what's, what was, what she called a, I don't know, it was a really long, fancy name, but it's a neurologist and uh, like a neuropsychologist. And she, uh, she basically told me that it's probably trauma that has blocked off a lot of my memory. And so if I say, if I ever say something and I'm like, I don't know, or I say something that's different, you're like, no, you said something totally opposite. It's literally because I don't have a very good memory. So that's just a little preface, but, uh, yeah. So that's I'm okay. I shared that before. Thank so you for sharing. Everybody knows that you part definitely of my did. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I'm saying that is because you and I, you know, I mean, look, you connect with people because of your their energy, right? Mm -hmm. And because maybe you have something that you, you know, you see a piece of yourself in them or vice versa. But I remember hearing that because I went to journalism school. I was mm. in broadcast journalism. Heck yeah. And I like, for me, the lifestyle for me was, I thought the same thing because I was a beat reporter. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know where I would be all the time. Like mm -hmm. it was just like, mm -hmm. you gotta go like middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had the, the first like tricklings of my eating disorders for sure. Yeah. But then I pivoted out of that world and 
did what you did. Mm-hmm. I went in and worked in a gyms mm-hmm. because I was like, nobody's going to ask me questions if I'm dropping weight in a gym. Like, yeah. That's the, that's just what you do. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm mm-hmm. going to work at the front desk. I'm going to do all those things. Mm-hmm. Worst idea ever because mm-hmm. everybody was so hyper-focused on yeah. the way that I looked. I remember somebody, I remember one of my, the trainers that worked with me coming in one day and like, making a comment and just being like, looks like you've put on some pounds. And I just remember like, I look back on those days and think to myself, those comments from a total stranger, I don't even remember the guy's name now. Couldn't even remember his face. But that comment was so triggering for me because for the next week I ate literally applesauce and Melba toast because as a result of what he said. Mm -hmm. So I remember connecting with you a lot on that because I know Becca and I have talked a lot about this. I've shared a lot on the podcast about this, but I, and I'm sure you can relate. I planned a lot of my life around whether or not I could, it was conducive for my ED. Yeah. Oh yeah. So So I wouldn't go somewhere if it wasn't conducive. Mm -mm. I wouldn't go somewhere if I didn't know what the bathroom situation was like. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You make those decisions based on the environment. And I would say no to things if I didn't feel like I could hide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild how much of your life it's, it takes over. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask about one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Cut yeah, out. you do it. This is good. No, this is good. So as a preface, cause you, <laughs> so it's so interesting because Becca and I come from such different places on our self-love journeys. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's been so supportive with, you know, having a friend who is I was diagnosed with bulimia and got help and was an outpatient and all that stuff, but undiagnosed for sure with orthorexia and binge eating disorder, because then I was like, I'm, I'm saved. I'm no longer bulimic. Mm -hmm. But then binge eating was like, well, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm not doing the bad part. I'm not doing the bad, the worst part. And Mm -hmm. she's using air quotes, fam. She's using air quotes. Yeah. I'm using air (laughs) quotes. And then I became orthorexic and it was just a cycle. Yeah. Like I swear I recycled my EDs. It would be like, I was good with the, this one. I chucked it. Yeah. And then I like the next one got, you know, it was totally. like a, it got pulled up. It was like, they were benched and it was like, Hey, you're up. <laughs> and yeah. then it's terrible, but that's, that's what so it, was like. it was like. Yeah. This one works in this season of my life. So we're just going to tag this guy in and then we're going to yeah. put you on the bench. Like that's what it was like. But Becca has been so good at, like navigating, it's not easy navigating that. It's not easy. I've been in recovery for four years, but I have, I again, I'm doing air quotes, but I have close calls all the time. I had a close call at Easter weekend. You know, like we have those moments, right? And it's important to have that support system, whether they understand where you've been or not, but to be able to lean on them and say like, so I'm feeling this type of way. So she's going to ask you a question about being like, the girl on the side. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. really excited to ask this because I think it's a different perspective from people who aren't in it on the yeah. same side that you all have been. And uh, although AMQ is, a, a, we call her an over communicator, both of us are very much over communicators. So she will be aware enough to be like, hey, you know, I'm feeling some type of way. If you notice anything, can you just like let me know? And mm. I will do that and I will speak on that. However, mm. not everybody is like that. So I was wondering what advice you have for someone like me who is no noticing the red flags mm. and how to approach that in coming from a place of love and not to, you know, offend or make somebody react. Yeah. I think uh, that's, you know, people ask this a lot and it's honestly, uh, I, it's a hard question because, uh, when you're deep in it and you don't have 
if you're not ready to change or you're not inviting people to speak into your life, it can be really hard to hear from a concerned loved one. And those walls go up super quick. And, and a lot of times, uh, when you're struggling, you think you're really good at hiding. And a lot of people are really good at hiding the struggle. They put on a strong face and, and, you know, you might have people in your life that are super, super close to you. And you have no idea that they're struggling with food and body image because they will not let you in on that at all. And they will eat in front of you and they will do things in front of you that look entirely normal. And then behind the scenes, they are drowning in their own mental hell hole. And so what I always say is, if you can create a connection with somebody that is so vulnerable by practicing being vulnerable first, um, that vulnerability is the strongest human connector. And as humans, we have this desire to reciprocate. And so if you can practice sharing things that are vulnerable, it opens the doors for, you know, the people in your life to share the things that they're vulnerable about. And so I always recommend if you notice things that are concerning, Obviously, you know, use your own judgment and your own wisdom with the people in your life. But um, I think the this the route that will lead to um, the most openness is to just cultivate vulnerability. And instead of saying, you know, instead of starting with this is what I'm seeing, you know, begin a conversation with, you know, there's something on my heart that I'm going through or I'm navigating this. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I'm just, you know, I'm trying to practice being a little bit more open and, you know, starting there can facilitate really good conversation. I just know for me that anytime I got the sense, even the sense that people knew what I was doing or saw into some of my disordered ways, I would just push, push away. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's for me. I think that's the biggest thing is just to cultivate relationships that have a lot of vulnerability within them. And then, you know, those types of conversations will flow. And when somebody's ready, you know, to, to talk about it, I think we have to let people get to that point. I don't think we can force anybody to change. I've certainly tried throughout my life to force my loved ones to change and it never works until they're ready. Yeah, that's such good advice. I agree with you. I agree. But I love that you guys have that connection. I love yeah, that you have that yeah. connection. It's that's amazing. amazing. It's very it's so good because it is really difficult. Like I've struggled with people don't get you, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not like you can't explain. It's just not something you can explain, right? Like you yeah. can say, "Hey, I am not going to go to this pre-drink." Like you can t- you can make it make sense in your own brain. Americans, that is the yourself. pregame. That is the pregame Americans. The pre- talking pre-game. about a pregame. Yes. <laughs> a pregame, yes. Pre-drink. So I, I'm not going to go to this pre-drink. <laughs> go this pre-drink because I don't know what the situation is like. Like, what if, like, I can't, you know. Yeah. And I would make decisions like that all the time. But there was a time I hit my breaking point and I got frustrated with how good I was at hiding it. And then I was on the, I'm an extremist by nature. And mm-hmm. so the pendulum swung all the way up, like the other way. Mm-hmm. And I did everything for people to notice. And so that was my way. I wasn't always an over communicator. This came from mm-hmm. getting the therapy that I needed. And that outpatient program, I will say, yes, get the help you need and seek the professionals. I've told Becca this before, but leaving that and going back into the real world, they do not prepare you for that shit, okay? Because when you're in that system, you're like, oh, of course, everything's sunshine and rainbows and you know how to act, what activates you and what doesn't. And then you go into the real world and you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what? And that's when I, that's when the binge eating happened. 
because I was like, I'm no longer bulimic. I'm, I'm, we're good. Check, done, yeah. healed. Yeah. But then I just developed a new one. But then because of that, I was way better at making it obvious because I needed people to notice in order to help me. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big accountability person, huge accountability person. And I can take ownership for the stuff I do. That's why I'll say to Becca, like, hey, like, mm-hmm. just like watch for it. Just watch and then of course it. I'm like, well, now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she's hyper. So here's the problem with this, right? So I, I said this as I was coming back from a trip to the Dominican, which like, who the fuck likes being in a bathing suit? Okay, I don't know. If I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like, I love being in a bathing suit because I've never mm. in my life ever have. And I came back and I, it, the timing worked out that, I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling so self-conscious. When I come back, watch out, make sure I'm okay. And then I decided to become a Pilates instructor. Mm. So now I've been like, you know, moving my body more than normal. So she's like, well, what the fuck? Like, am I, well, is this, yes. Let me, I, let me preface, let me backtrack mm. here for a second. Because I was noticing those little things popping up. I, she also didn't realize that with our Apple watches, I can see when she's no logging. Idea. I had no idea her workouts. About this. Okay. You are being watched. I was like, so this is fucking creepy. So I, I was like, yo, that's creepy. So for a while I was like, oh, I'm seeing her, you know, and like you, I mean, you had literally just explained that when you tag one out, another one comes off your bench, right? Like you were referring mm, to that. Right. right so I was right. noticing like, okay, I see that she's doing, you know, in this test group. So she's doing that. And then I'm seeing that she's also doing psycho classes. And then I'm seeing she's also doing yoga. And then I'm seeing she's mm. also doing Pilates. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, like just my- I Red was flag, bit, red flag. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, well- totally. And then she was like, well, I'm not going to fucking use my Apple watch anymore because I don't want you to see <laughs> what I'm doing. And I, and all I, I think the way that I addressed it though, and I had no idea what I was doing, which is like your tip was so helpful, but I was like, you know, if I were you, I would be exhausted. And like, mm. I tried mm-hmm. to like a- approach it in a way that was like, this looks very tiring. Like you're moving your body a lot. Like, mm-hmm. how are you sleeping? Cause I would be mm-hmm. just like clonked out at night. And then yeah. I think you were, and then I think you were like, no, I need, now, no, now I need, I need to explain this because <laughs> the communicator. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you over communicating or over explaining? Because <laughs> those are two very different things. And it, and it's so hard because I'm, you know, for me now, it's like I, 15 years ago, I was going into fitness because it was like a way to hide things. Yeah. And now I'm in a space in my own journey where I want to help people feel good in their bodies, like really strong. Mm-hmm. And Pilates is one of those things that challenges. I'm not good at it. And yet I'm being an instructor in it. I'm really mm-hmm. not good at it. And I am doing it because it brings me joy. But the reason why I'm spending so much time doing it is because it's not like I'm like really good at it. And now I'm going to teach it. I'm also learning the practice so mm-hmm. that I can teach others. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope for me for sure because of my history. So mm-hmm. it is really nice to have Somebody like, although it pisses me off sometimes, like it annoys the shit out of me because I didn't know that she could see what I was doing. I think it's good though. Like, that is so funny. It's good. It is. I, good. I am. I am also a creeper. So <laughs> she is like watching you. Totally I'm just trying to. I was like, damn, because I like to cheer each me? other on on it. I'm like, like, yes, queen. Like, yay, that looks so fun. Or tell me more think- about this and. You were like, wait, I what are you I doing? I got a text once and it yeah. was like the little, the celebrate, like the confetti emoji thing. And I was like, what the actual is this? <laughs> like, what is this? 
That was, and that's when you were like, didn't you know? Yeah. And I was like, no, I didn't know. That was me tiptoeing into the conversation. I was like, let me just get my feet wet. Like, let me see if I like respond to something that she did. If she knows this, I love, um, I love so much about what you share and you have one very specific, I don't even know what you would call it. Tip trick that you talk about. And I'm going to get to that in a second, but what does food freedom mean for you? Yeah, it, it means a lot of different things and it means a lot of di- different things to different people. But for me personally, it means having an easy and effortless relationship with food, the way that our bodies are designed to listen to our hunger cues, to naturally lose interest in food as we become full. Um, and I used to think that that was... Um, I used to think it was impossible. Like there is no way I always say this, you know, when I first heard about intuitive eating and I was walking out of a gym and a friend was explaining it to me and he said, you know, basically, and we were, he was kind of sarcastic and he was like, yeah, I guess it's like when you, um, when you eat, when you're hungry and you stop when you're full and we both just burst out laughing and we were like, yeah, there's no way if I, if I did that, I'd be able to deep in a tub of ice cream every night. And, and for those who hear about intuitive eating or they hear me speak about food freedom and they're like, oh yeah, an easy and effortless relationship with food. I I always want to preface with, I understand what it's like to not even feel like that's in the realm of possibilities um, because that's where I used to be. And, and what encourages me, and I think what encourages a lot of people is to remember that there was a point in your life. Um, some of, some of you might have a hard time remembering when that was, because some of us have, uh, relationships with food that became disordered very young because our parents started to control things, um, and not let us, uh, eat off of our intuition. But there was a time in all of our lives where we were intuitive eaters as a baby, you cried when you were hungry and hopefully your caretaker fed you and you naturally lost interest of the boob or the bottle when you became full naturally. And that's how we're designed. And we get so far away from that, that it feels like that's an impossibility, but it's not. When you re, when you tune back in to how your body is designed and you do the mental healing work and you give your body the time to go through its own healing process because the body has to heal as well from the struggles of dis, a disordered relationship with food, you get to that place. And what's so cool is when you become a successful intuitive eater, not those of you who have tried intuitive eating and it didn't work, when you become a successful successful intuitive eater because you understand how to retrain the brain. Intuitive eaters don't have a portion control problem, just like babies don't have a portion control problem. Babies aren't put on a diet. They eat when they're hungry and they stop when they're full. And, and to get to be in that place, that's what food freedom is to me. And it's, it's amazing. I don't ever struggle with any disordered tendencies with food at all anymore. And I haven't for years. And I thought that maybe this would be the thorn in my side that I have to pay attention to the rest of my life. That's not to say I don't have bad body image days. Those certainly come up, but food freedom is mine and it's mine for life because I've done the work to retrain my brain to its natural state. It's not something that I had to, had to learn. It's, it's a whole lot of what I had to unlearn. Mm. I love that. I think that that is really such a powerful mindset shift in general of anything is that it's not that you have to learn all these new things. Mm -hmm. It's that you have to unlearn what you've had taught, like that you've learned already. And I think that like, that's how you really can get your power back in that way, especially around food. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I have been in the past, such an emotional eater, stress, Mm -hmm. sadness, grieving, anything. Like I wouldn't even realize I was doing it. And I think that now that I've worked on those things, I feel like I'm more free. But then, like you said, giving grace to my body as it's ebbed and flowed through that healing 
that's where I think it's gotten tricky for me. Yes. And that's, that's where most people stumble is the problem. The triggers come because of the body image triggers. Mm -hmm. And when we can get to this place, this deep, deep knowing of who we are beyond our body, it becomes incredibly liberating because we aren't triggered as much. I always say, you know, my body image, when I think about my self-perception, it used to be so wrapped up in what I looked like, like 95% of the way that I viewed myself was in how I looked. And there might've been a small sliver of my self-perception pie that was okay. At the time I was in college. So I was a student and, you know, a daughter, a friend, whatever, these other aspects of what made me, me, And today, because I've done a lot of work around the ability to mentally pivot and train my focus and and see more in myself, my self-perception pie chart is broken up into a ton of different pieces. I value the different roles that I play in my life, the different roles and titles I have. You know, I'm a driven and committed entrepreneur. I'm a coach. I'm passionate about helping women heal. I love nature. I love to party. I love having fun. I'm committed to becoming an increasingly better friend. I've overcome all these different things. And these are my, you know, the, the qualities in my character that I value. These are the things that I like that bring me joy. So when I think about who Jesse is, those are the things that I think about. And there's probably, probably today, there's probably a one to 2% of my self-perception that when I think about myself goes, oh yeah. And she's five, four blonde, you know, white, green-eyed female, whatever. But so when I have a bad body image day, one to 2% of who I am is affected. And that's such a small percent. I'm able to go, yeah, okay, don't love it. And let me shift my focus. And then I remember, oh yeah, this is who the hell I am. So I think that has been uh, the safeguard for me not falling back into my challenges with food is because my self-perception has shifted so much. That gave me feelings. Mm. (laughs) Sorry. Mm. You don't look at me. It's so true. Usually usually I'm the one who cries. Usually Mm. like Becca can't look at me. Mm. So (laughs) this is different. Yeah. Like when you have those bad body image days, like it's just 1% of who you are. Like Mm -hmm. your body, like it's just so much more than Mm -hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, like, I knew that, like you, you mm-hmm. tell yourself you're more than a body, but when you really, the, just the way you just explained it, I think hit me right in the feels. There we mm-hmm. are. Hi, how are you? Hey girl. <laughs> Hi, tears are working on overdrive. Yeah. You know, but I do have to preface, I do have to preface with this. And I think it's really important that I always say this, you know, as a, uh, as a thin, naturally thin white woman, I don't face, I don't face, uh, a lot of the stigmas that a lot of other individuals face in those who are in large and marginalized bodies face a lot more pressure and a lot more stigma. I exist in a body that is deemed socially acceptable. And this is, you know, this is the the body that I was given. I have a very, my mom is very small. These are my genetics. And so it's so important that I acknowledge thin privilege because it it really is. And it's a privilege in a world that uh, elevates that. And so, you know, and and this isn't to uh, discredit anybody for having body image struggles. We all, you know, there's, there's individuals in all different shapes and sizes who have body image struggles, but there's an additional layer of challenge for those in large and marginalized bodies because society is placing all of this pressure. And so it's always important that I speak on this. And I always like to refer to other uh, coaches and creators in large and marginalized bodies who are living and breathing the same message and walking in the same confidence because representation matters. And I can't be the one that everybody relates to, nor do I want to 
try to be, I can't. And so, you know, there's individuals who can relate to my story, but also there's individuals who look at me and go, yeah, easy for you to say. And I have to acknowledge that, you know, that's a very real feeling. And I, I cannot, um, I cannot imagine the lived experience of those, you know, with different lived experiences than I have, but my, my body image struggles were very real to me. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that I'm not in those anymore, but it is, it is important. This conversation of thin privilege needs to be brought up. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so important. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the body image while we're here, Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't even know if this is the, the strategy or the skill, forgive me. I know you're going to clarify this, but you talked and you did a real, I think it was on how you move and how you Mm -hmm. physically will like shift. Mm -hmm. And you said it might look silly. Yeah. Yes. And I was mm-hmm. like, and I have been starting to do that. I've been really trying to practice oh, yeah. just moving yeah. myself, even when like yeah. it felt so silly when I first did it. What do you call that? And can you explain it? Because it really, it sounds silly. It's just like anything else, Joe, just like affirmations or anything else does at first. But it really, you really have a moment where you're like, whoa, that worked. It That's worked. wild that it worked. I'm going to keep doing it. Can you explain if you even know what I'm talking about? Because I don't even know if I'm making sense. Yes. Shaking, (laughs) shaking at at exactly what it's for those listening, literally shaking your body. And I, I, there's a lot of tools and techniques that I don't share on social media because I, I, I share them in my course because those are individuals who have already, you know, they've already invested. And if they think I'm crazy, once they're in, I, at least I have time to explain. <laughs> so, so, so there's some things I don't share on social media. Cause I'm like, wow, you know, this is going to get taken out of context and people are going to think I am really strange, but I'm like, you know what, whatever, that's such a powerful technique. I'm going to share it. And, uh, mm-hmm. it went viral and, uh, and it's super powerful. And I'm glad that I ended up sharing it because it is such a powerful technique, but essentially and this is based in research and a lot of research around trauma. And so this is what I say when a lot of what I teach, I I pull from different disciplines and apply it to food and body, which has proven to be very, very effective. And so so trauma lives in the body and it lives in our cells and we store emotion in the, in, in our body. And I think if you're having a hard time, you know, understanding that or, uh, believing this to be true, think about a time when you've gotten a massage and they hit something and you feel a certain way. And for some people, they might get a massage and it triggers an emotion. They might end up crying in their massage, or they just feel a release of some sort, obviously physically, but also that can happen emotionally because emotions are stored in our body. And so Shaking is one of the ways that we can um, move move uh, the stress hormones throughout our body. And when we're experiencing an impulse or an urge to binge, it's a stress response. And so our muscles contract and and uh, uh, stress hormones release in the body. And in order to regulate that, in order to release the contraction, or in order to uh, support the nervous system, we can literally get up when we're feeling an impulse or an urge to binge, get up and shake. And I mean, just shake, like get up. You can dance if you want to dance, get up and move the body. I like to put on a song, do it for two to three minutes. And I just shake and I'll put my arms overhead. I'll move them. I'll shake out my legs. I'll twist my torso. You know, I'll just do anything to just shake it out. And it's really incredible. And there's, there's thousands and thousands of people who are like, Oh my God, it worked. And I'm like, I know it, it works. Um, and 
yeah, it's, it's super, super powerful. And I do it, you know, I don't, I don't experience the impulse or urge to binge and I have it in years, but I still do this on a daily basis to help support and regulate my nervous system and move the energy in my body and release the tension in my body and uh, regulate stress levels. And it's really, really powerful. It's taught out of the Neurosculpting Institute here in Denver. And um, yeah, it can be incredibly effective, effective for binge and emotional overeating. Oh, it's amazing. And I, and mm-hmm. I knew that that was how you were, you were coming from a place of like, okay, this is how you can, you know, shift from yeah. an urge to binge. But I was like, what if I just like, I'm caught like talking shit on myself. Let's see if it works. Yes. And it yes. works for the same reason. And then afterwards I was like, you're not even mad at your body. Like we, we are so quick to blame our bodies first. Yes. And yes. I'm like, that wasn't even what you were mad at. And like, bitch, it's going to take two seconds to solve what you really wanted to figure out. <laughs> yeah. And like, totally. it really does like mm-hmm. give your head a shake and give your body l- quite literally a shake. So yeah. I love and that. Everyone my husband try. and I are, are fighting and we're going in circles because we tend to do that a lot. I, uh, I'll look at him and I'll be like, babe, we got to <laughs> pause. We're going to take this one. T- this one time comes to mind. I was, we were about to go in to see my dad and my stepmom to hang out with them at their house. And we were both just pissy. And I'm like, I don't want to bring this energy in and I can cover it up and act cool. But my husband cannot like <laughs> you, what he's feeling. You see it. So he was about to walk in that front door, just pissy. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to bring this energy to them. So we got out of the car. We're parked outside of my dad's house. And I'm like, we're going to shake we're going to shake for the next three minutes. And he looked at me and he's like angry and he's like, fine. <laughs> and so we're like shaking around and my dad's like looking at us through the window, like what the fuck are you guys doing out there? And my husband can't help but start to crack a smile, you know, because the tension is releasing. He's moving the anxiety, the stress through his body. And all of a sudden we're like hysterically laughing, shaking together in the middle of the street outside of my dad's house. So it can be used for a number of different things. Yes. Oh my God, that's so oh, funny. I love that. Yeah. That's that visual is great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. My dad oh my thinks gosh. I am a nutcase. He's like I mean, this, Har- hey. this hard, Harley riding, you know, burly man. And it's, yeah, we, we don't go too deep into this kind of stuff with my dad. He's just like, whatever, whatever. Go ahead. Shake it off. Literally. Do what you got to do, girl. Yes. Literally shake it off. Please oh do my God. And do the dang thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. As someone on a recovery journey of my own, mm. um, and as someone on a recovery journey of your own, mm-hmm. I always wonder, like, I, I ask myself this on a daily basis and I don't think I've ever come up with an answer truly. So I'm asking you, okay, what's one thing you wish you had been told mm. when you were in it, mm. when you were in the thick of it? Mm. There's so many things I wish somebody <laughs> would have told me. Um, I think the first thing when I was so deep in it, I think the first thing was that I really needed to hear was you're not alone. Cause I truly believed at one point in my journey that I was the only person on planet earth who was doing the bizarre shit I was doing with food. Like I thought I was the only one, like the only one who in moments of impulsiveness would chew food, spit it out, hide it at the bottom of the trash can, pull food out of the trash can, steal my roommate's food. Like I felt so ashamed and so embarrassed. I, if somebody would have just said me too, I would have been like, no way. Like what, what's going on? Um, so I think that was definitely something I really needed to hear. It was that I wasn't alone. And I, I think what I also would have really benefited from hearing was 
to know that there's a lot of science around behavior change, even if there isn't a whole lot of science specifically around the struggles with binge and emotional overeating. There's more today than 10 years ago when I was drowning, but there's a ton of science and a ton of research on how to, uh, how to undergo behavior change and how to retrain the brain and retrain the mind. And for me, the science and understanding uh, mental reprogramming was revolutionary for me. Uh, and, and therapy was super supportive in the sense that it was therapeutic. Um, but if my therapist would have sat down and been like, hey, let, let's talk about the science here, I would have just ate that up. And so I think those two things would have been really supportive. Yeah, I let that sink in (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's we really do think it's just us, right? Yeah, I know I did. Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Like the the second I remember, I shared the I'm gonna say pre drink story again. I remember sharing that with someone, and someone being like, "Oh my gosh, you too!" Mm -hmm. And I that just blew my mind. Yeah, I was like, somebody else plans their social calendar around people's apartments and what they look like and where the bathroom is. Like, really. It was wild to me, but you know, too. I, yeah, we're not. And there's so many different things that you might be like, no, nobody's ever done this, that they've done it. They've done it. You're not the only one. And I think, you know, what I, what would have been beneficial to hear is you, I think if somebody would have said all, all these things that you're doing, one, somebody else has done them and don't worry. There's many people who have healed from this fully and attained the type of recovery that you want. And that type of recovery that I wanted was I wanted to feel good in my own skin. And I also wanted to have food freedom. And, and if somebody would have said that and said, success leaves clues, pay attention to those who have been successful or seek those who have been successful. There's clues there. I would have, you know, I would have just been searching for those people and ate up everything that they had to say. The world of social media, I think, has helped that tremendously. Mm-hmm, like conversations, totally. conversations like the ones we're having, conversations yeah. and courses like the one that you have mm-hmm. built and are running, I think are hopefully, you know, making that change society-wise that like, yeah. oh, like uh, even on a quick scroll, people can hopefully yeah. no. I mean, that's again, if you curate your feed accordingly, but right. <laughs> you know, right. And I didn't have that. I, when I was yeah. in college that their Instagram hadn't launched yet. And so right. I just felt so alone. I was reading books and I was, you know, I was trying and, and like when I would search things on the internet, you know, it would take me to, uh, these places, you know, that talked about diagnosable eating disorders. And that made me feel even more alone because I was like, wow, like I don't fit the criteria to be diagnosed. And so maybe I am this anomaly that like, you know, like nobody's ever heard of before, but today to be able to have social media curate a feed of all these different people who are talking about recovery, it's, I mean, that's a gift. Obviously social media can be really challenging, but there's also that, that gift in it too. Yeah. It really is what you make it. Mm -hmm. 100%. (laughs) It is what you make it. So what is your, I tell us about your ideal Jesse day. Hmm. So, uh, not a lot, I don't share this openly on social media. Not a lot of people know this side of me because I really focus on, you know, the material around disordered eating and body image, but, uh, I like to party and I have a lot of fun with my friends. And so actually tonight, I am, yes, queen. yeah, I really, I really, really do. I think that was because I didn't do that in college because I was so deep in my eating disorder. So now I'm living out like my party right. years, 
tonight I'm flying. We're taking the red eye to Miami. So I'll explain an ideal weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. So an ideal, yeah. An ideal day. Well, I'll explain the one I had last weekend. We had our friends in from Miami last weekend. Um, I wake up and, um, we are at a cabin an Airbnb with 10 of our friends and, uh, we wake up and we start with mimosas and breakfast. And it's kind of a slow morning because we are getting ready to go, uh, snowboarding and we hit the slopes at like, Oh, like 11 o'clock and we ride and we stop and we get margs and hang out and chill and party in the parking lot. And then, (laughs) uh, it turns and we're listening to music all day. We like love music. So we're always listening to music and dancing. And then it turns into, uh, going back to the Airbnb and cooking dinner, getting in the hot tub, more partying, more music. It turns into like a club scene with just the 10 of us. We, every time we go to Airbnbs, (laughs) we pack our party lights is what we call them. So we have our galaxy lights and we'll pack, yeah. we'll pack. Yeah. Yeah. We go all out. We pack the sound bar. We like rearrange the furniture so that we have a dance floor and, um, yeah. And then we hang out, hang out and we're probably up till three in the morning and then, you know, sleep in the next day. And that is like an ideal day for me. And I, I know it sounds wild and crazy and super young. And, um, and I think that is me living out, um, so much freedom that I didn't have access to when I was deep in my eating disorder because I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't, I, I, I was so isolated. My life revolved around my workout plans and, um, and my training plan. And that was it. And so my ideal day to today at this season of my life is just partying with my friends and spending really good time. And, and the thing is when we party, it's not like this, this, like rager. We have deep conversations. We're laughing our ass off and we're talking about, you know, investing and we're talking about self-growth and then we're dancing to a song. And, you know, it's just this really, um, we call it group therapy. We feel like when we hang out as a crew, it's like group therapy. And so that's an ideal day for me. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an ideal day for us. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I have a galaxy light just to have a galaxy light. Yeah, I made fame. I mean, it's it, always now on I in the see house. The value. Yeah. Yes, I have two. I have one for my living room. I even got one for yes. my classroom. My students love it, and I have LED lights in my. I just love a good light vibe, and I love that you that you described your relationship with your friends and these trips and like Airbnbs. That like your circle is such a charging station for you. It sounds yeah. like, and that's what I feel like mm-hmm. really helps people thrive in life. Is that when you're. Yes people and your tribe is a charging station and not somebody who drains your battery. Yeah. Those totally. are the people you want to surround yourself with for sure. And if you're staying up till 3 a.m., you are fully charged, girl. Yeah. Fully charged. Yeah. Fully yeah. charged. <laughs> <laughs> so let that be like what you said that I love, I love hearing stuff like mm-hmm. this because anyone listening to this episode who might be in the thick of it, like, look, Look, like mm-hmm. you're human. Mm-hmm. You totally. enjoy life, you know? Totally. You're multi-tiered and you're not living at the expense of your mm-hmm. disordered eating anymore. And I no. think that that you're right when you say like I just wish that somebody had told me that there is a light at the end of that tunnel because yeah. it feels really dark yeah. sometimes. And I love I love hearing this because I know that somebody is listening mm. and is like, "Oh my gosh, like I can do this." Yes. And that's 
Yeah, you can. It's just so empowering. Yeah. It makes me so happy to hear. And it's not, I always say this, like it's not rocket science, but it is multifaceted. So if you've tried one thing, if you've tried, you know, if you've tried one approach and it didn't do it for you, don't lose hope that it's, it's multi-layered and there's so many different angles that need to be, you know, that need to be looked at so many different things we need to tackle in order to reach healing. And, and it takes time, be patient with yourself. Your nervous system doesn't like fast change. So if you're on the journey, be proud of yourself. You're on the journey. It takes time. Nothing, no change in healing is linear. That's for sure. No, <laughs> no, no. If you're expecting it, I mean, you're in for a rude awakening because it's just. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure. It's like, <laughs> buckle up. Like, yeah. Yes. I mean, maybe, maybe it's for somebody, but mm-hmm. not for me yeah. in my time. Mm. Or else these, uh, these little homies wouldn't have been put on the, on the bench and then tagged in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It would have been like one and done. You're, You're out. out. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it worked for me. You're fired. I just, all of you. Yeah. I just, yeah. re- all of you. Yeah. But I realized that firing them all at the same time didn't work. <laughs> yeah. They're just like resilient little buggers. Yes. But we, I can joke about that now because mm-hmm. I like, lit- I, li- I literally, this might sound, now, this is one of those things that might sound a little bit, woo to people that don't understand, but maybe you can relate. I don't know. Mm. But so I envision them, them being my EDs. Mm-hmm. They all have like identities, like little, like they look like little cartoons. <laughs> they're just like little, and I can like feel when they're like coming on in, like coming for a visit. They're like knocking at the door and I like, you know, I'm like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally <laughs> how I envision them yeah. because it makes it more fun for me, mm. but also kind of empowering. Like it's like a game of whack-a-mole. Like I can just be like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Not today. You little gnome, get back in there. That's like how I, I see it. Mm-hmm. And Whatever it, works. Yeah. People might think that's wild. <laughs> Whatever works, right? Cute little, they're, they're cute little cartoons though. They're really cute. And that's the problem. <laughs> in my mind, they're like these, these cute little like beanie baby type faces. And I'm like, no, not today. No. You know what though? I think I, I love that your energy is, um, is so fun and you're willing to joke about the challenges. And I think that more people need to have fun with their healing journey and be able to laugh at themselves. Um, you know, life is like, doesn't need to be so serious and nor does healing. We can have fun with it and we should have fun with it. And we should be able to laugh at ourselves and cry and, you know, experience the full spectrum of what it means to be human. And so when we take things too seriously, I think we're forgetting that, you know, life is just a game and, and it's full of ups and downs and, you know, to, to experience all the hard stuff is also a divine part of what makes you human. And we don't have to judge the hard stuff as bad. Um, it just is, it's just part of being human. Mm. I mean, mic drop and she can't <laughs> drop her. She can't drop her mic My because mic it's attached. Yes. <laughs> yeah. but, wow. So fancy. <laughs> can't even drop her mic. It's elite. <laughs> it hangs. Yeah. She's so good that she had to get a hanging microphone because of all the time she's dropped it in the back. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> keeps, it keeps dropping. Yeah, there it oh, is. I need it, it is. suspended from the air. Oh my gosh. Well, AMQ, Honestly, you want to take us out on this? Yeah. I got any more? I mean, no, I'm not, we're not, wow. We literally just, before we started recording, told Jesse that we're really bad at closing out. It's become like now an inside joke in our community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you did and have one more. You, you literally can't. Ask the last one. Question? God, 
Yes, I, it's the, my favorite one that we ask anybody, the very last one. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I feel like you touched on this, but we want, we want to know. The people, the boo crew, and us want to know, how do you want to be remembered? Mm. Wow, you think I touched on this? I don't know. How do I want to be remembered? You know, this is how I want to be remembered. I... I want to be remembered as somebody who makes other people feel important when they're in my presence. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that part. So good. Mm -hmm. That part. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I, what's that finger click thing that I can't do. I can't do it. (laughs) High school. You still try to do that? Yeah. What? (laughs) That's still trending in Canada. It's not. It's Canada. No, sit down. (laughs) <laughs> that is so like that's so powerful. Yes. And how what what a beautiful way for anybody when they think about you in the, the future or even just now, like after, after we get off this Zoom call. I mean, you're doing it for sure. Mm. Like we feel like we've been heard and mm. you've obviously you've shared your precious time and we know that you're so busy. Mm. So we definitely you make us feel that way. And you do have such a warm energy that's like it's not just your home goods esque. She like home goods could never backdrop that we have here. It's lovely, <laughs> but it is. It just feels like like you know. Oh, we're just chatting. This is not the first time we've met ever. No, absolutely not. So I think that that they're great. Wow, <laughs> it's so great. beautiful. It's so beautiful. So thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate for having it, me. Seriously. And we will tag you in all the social machines. You guys know that we blow up everybody. We blow up the stories. We'll blow up your feed. We we couldn't tell you what episode number this is. Um, Is it next? Who knows? Maybe. We'll plot twist it. (laughs) (laughs) We have lost count at this point of what's happening. It's coming out ASAP for sure. It's already coming to your ear holes as we're talking. AMQ, what do we say now? Let us know what you think. Email us at hello, hello with three O's at I got you boopod.com. Lube up, slide into our DMs. They are always open. Tell us where we can DM you. Oh, you can find me at Jesse Jean, J E S S I J E A N N N. That's where I'm at on Instagram and on TikTok. And at the Dear Body Podcast. Thank you so much, Jesse. This has been ha. Huh. Yes. Yes. So good. Mm, you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. You're you guys awesome. are awesome. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's like ma- you're making dreams come true here, Jesse. You're making dreams come true. So oh. thank you for your time. Like thank you. it's just mm-hmm. you're gonna help so many people with this episode. Thanks for leading me off into like I feel so energized. Like now I gotta go pack for Miami. I'm like, yeah, these girls. Yes, Miami. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> she's bringing her. She's bringing her big sis energy to the suitcase. There you go. Yes. There you go. Do this. <laughs> Oh my God. How long are you going to be in Miami for? Just the weekend? Mm -hmm. Just the weekend. Nice. My friend said sleep is for the week in Miami. So facts. That's very true. Here we go. Not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, Boo Crew. We will see you. Yes. We will see you next week. Thank you for being here. Jesse, thank you again for sharing your time and space Mm -hmm. and your brain and your energy with us. We will see you next week. I I got got you, boo. boo. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Yay. Thanks for being here, Boo Crew. Love our vibe. Rate, review, share, and subscribe. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I Got You Boo Pod. 